Hello, everyone, and welcome to another IMCO with myself, Jonathan Chan. Thank you for joining me as we continue to take a look at what's topping the news recently, local news, and see how we can engage it as Christians. And hence, that's why it's called IMCO. It's in my Christian opinion. And I want to emphasize that this is my Christian opinion, not anyone else's. And so if you have disagreements, feel free to disagree with me. And if you want to chime in or say, you know what, John, I don't agree with you. Well, let me know. And we could discuss it. And uh, we could exchange ideas because, hey, we're all in this together. We want to learn together. And we want to continue to dialogue to get to, you know, some understanding and enrich our knowledge. But before we begin with this topic today, uh, which I entitled as Evolve or Die, I, <laughs> nice top title, I just want to, whoops, I just want to talk about what topped the news this morning. And so let's hide away this first one and take a look at this guy. That's right. He topped the news this morning, even though I wish I, we didn't need to talk about him anymore. But he tends to capture the news's, uh, News 1130's attention whenever he blabs or tweets. And I am talking about Barry Neufeld. And today, this morning, News 1130 reported that he said something through Twitter. You know, that's like the worst platform right now. Through Twitter on and about the reporters that have been reporting him. And uh, basically, he used the R word on someone. Now, if you don't know Barry Neufeld, just quickly Google Barry Neufeld Chilliwack School Trustee and you'll know the type of controversies that follow him. Uh, he's not somebody that's shy of speaking out his mind and also he's not shy of using Jesus and throw it around as his leverage. He says that he's a prophet and <laughs> to tell you the truth, I question that too. But enough of Barry Neufeld because I want to talk about us, you and I as Christians, how do we respond in this? How do we, what do we learn from this? Well, there's two things really quickly because we want to get into the other topics, the most important one. Two things about this situation, sorry, this situation right here. First of all, Barry Neufeld, the reason why he does these things is because he argues that he has the freedom to do it. It's his right, it's freedom of speech, sort of. And he has the right to express his religion, his religious values, etc., etc. Well, number one, wrong. We do not have that freedom. That's right. Now, some of you may argue back and say, look, John, we do have the freedom. It's called freedom in Christ. Yeah, no. Actually, that's throwing Jesus's name and using it as a trade. You're trading on Jesus's name as what Linus would say in front of Danny Ocean. So don't use Jesus's name in vain. So, uh, however, he said that we have freedom because we have freedom in Christ. And many of us, many Christians say the same thing. Unfortunately, that's not what it means. It means that we have freedom in Christ, meaning we have freedom within what Jesus has given us as constraints. He has given us boundaries and rules of engagement. And uh, he wants us to have the freedom to operate within Christ, within Jesus. We don't have the freedom to do whatever we want or say whatever we want or even attack anyone we want. We don't have the right to share our own opinions thinking that we could just vent and express them. We don't have any right to make judgment calls on people. 
we have to do it within the confines of Christ. Jesus gave us those boundaries for a reason. He gave us this freedom to operate within him. And that's why he says freedom in Jesus, uh, freedom in Christ, freedom to operate within Christ. And which segues to the next point. Oftentimes, we think that we have to uh, impose people these values, or I hate this word that people throw around, truth. Like, this is the truth. Well, unfortunately, you don't have the truth. Reasons because, here's my argument, and you know what, I know I usually get myself into trouble, and I will probably get myself into trouble even now. Religion is all about the end game. We live, or we choose to live a pattern of life to reflect the end game. Here's what I mean. In light of what we have at the end, that's how we live today. That's what informs us. That's why Paul in the Bible always talks about patterns, the way of life. That's why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life to get to somewhere. Right? We talk about ways as to get to somewhere. And for Christians, we believe that somewhere is that somewhere. Well, I'm not going to talk about it here, but you could Google it. Uh, unfortunately, many Christians have different opinions on what that end game is. But we live, we conform our pattern of way of life in light of what's at the end. And so here's a question for all of you and myself. And I have to always remind myself. I cannot impose my pattern of life or my way of life or my morals or ethics onto people if, we do, if they do not believe in the existence of that end game, of that end result. For example, eternal life with God. Well, if that person that I'm dialoguing with does not believe in eternal life or the existence of God, why would they care to even want to know the, my pattern of life? We cannot impose people, our pattern, our way of life onto people if they do not believe in the, the end game the same way as we do. If they do not believe, for example, for Christians, we do not believe in the, if they do not believe, sorry, if they do not believe in the eternal life with God, why should we impose that pattern of life on them? Other religions as well. If they do not believe in uh, the eternal bliss, like Buddhism and uh, Hinduism, the eternal bliss. If they do not believe in that, why would we want to force them to this way of life now, of asceticism, of uh, withholding riches, of you know such and such and such? And I wanted to extend it all the way to like uh, to things uh, that are right now in debate, like abortion, drug use, whatever, uh, LGBTQ, whatever. If we cannot impose people our values, our ethics, or whatever we call it, our way of life, our pattern of life, if they do not believe in what we believe in the end game, if they do not believe what that, that exists, why would they want to even choose this pattern of life? They have their own pattern. And so when we think of, when we talk about truth, let's remember who, what that truth was really about. Just remind ourselves that throughout the whole, all the Gospels, all four Gospels, Jesus' main audience, whenever he, want, he wanted to correct somebody or uh, prophesy to somebody or, um, you know, just rebuke, who was he talking to? 
he was talking to like-minded individuals who believe in the same end result, Jews, right? He, he was talking to Jews. He wouldn't rebuke a Gentile woman. He wouldn't rebuke a, uh, anybody else, a foreigner. He would only rebuke and speak freely to teach for a teaching moment on those who believe in the same end game as he did. And, and the Jews did believe in eternal life and to have it be in the presence of God. And that's why he wanted to rebuke them because they were going off kilter on their pattern of life. They should be follow this pattern, not that pattern. And so lessons for us as Christians, come on, don't pound truth onto others or what you think is true because really what you think is true is your pattern of life that you believe in and you believe in the end game of eternal life with god not everyone believes that and so let's be careful so those are my two points and let's go back to the original topic and let's just get rid of this guy shall we all right okay the original topic that i wanted to talk about whoops oh no here we go was the uh, what's what's been going on today and uh, what's been popping up on the news this past week, and it was about the businesses uh, suffering due to COVID, and uh, there was one commentary that said that well these businesses have to evolve or they will die. Well, some businesses have done quite well. The, the larger ones, the ones with enough capital, the ones with that you know are not part of the. Um, high engagement or high high personal contact type of business they seem to do okay but i'm talking about the businesses that rely on human interaction like restaurants uh events uh banquet halls etc and so this commentator in one article mentioned that well they just have to evolve or they will die well how would they do that sir and so my Encode today is how would a Christian help these businesses to survive? How would we as Christians be good stewards and be loving neighbors to our local businesses? And so I have a few points here that I would like to make. And if I could get this working, yes. Now, I don't know if you can see this uh, because I, for some reason I colored it white. I don't know why I did that. But anyway, what can we do? Well, number one is to support our local businesses. Pick one. Uh, my wife and I uh, made a decision that uh, we will support one local restaurant who we believe we really truly enjoyed and invest in them. And what I mean by that is it could be as simple as this. Don't use DoorDash or skip the dishes, even if it's offered from that local business. Why? One of my friends, he's a pastor friend over at another church. His uh, father-in-law owns a couple of restaurants. And I didn't realize this, but when he told me uh, this, it really shocked me. DoorDash and Skip the Dish, they charge restaurants 25% of the price of the meal. That's huge in the restaurant world. That cuts their margin completely down to zero. And so... What I want to encourage all of us is if like to try to get as much information as possible and don't be ignorant about it. Support our local businesses in a way that it is effective, practical, but also life-giving. So for us, we decided to just 
go and drive over there and do a pickup. We'll call in, order it, and do a pickup ourselves. We're not going to use DoorDash or Skip the Dish. Uh, we thought it would be nice to use uh, since, hey, we're supporting local business. No, we're not. The more we use those things, the more that, uh, they would cut into the margins of those restaurants. And so I would commend to all of us that in order to support these restaurants and help them to get over this hump and develop and grow so that they have enough capital to evolve, Mr. Commentator, we should support local businesses. Pick one. Pick a restaurant, which you love. Um, pick a restaurant that you that you used to love to go to or love their food and just share it on Facebook, share it on your Twitter, share it on your Instagram. Go and order food from them. Go there, pick it up and, uh, you know, take pictures, whatever. Support your local businesses through that way. And also, don't be ignorant. Uh, look into how much it costs for certain things. Look at what how it impacts the business. Uh, and just to help them. Second, stop whining. Uh, again, with part of the local businesses, they're trying their hardest, folks. Uh, sure, sometimes the, um, the food is a little late or it takes a little long to make for you. Well, think about what they're going through. Uh, it could be that some of their staff had COVID. It could be some of their staff had too much anxiety and, and needed to stay home. Stop whining and just be more accommodating. I think one thing that we lack today recently, uh, due to the COVID pandemic is accommodation and just actually compliance, but more about accommodation to just step back, give a little, give our rights and privileges, give, give a little, sacrifice a little of that so that we could accommodate others, love others. Because love is really about accommodation, really. So stop whining and accommodate. Number three, a lot of times that what I've been hearing around is that everybody wants to go back to the normal. Uh, like we don't want to do this anymore. Why can't we go back to the way things were? Well, here's a picture that I just learned from after when I was looking over the shoulder of my daughter when she was watching a movie called Ratatouille. And here's the picture I want to show you, right here. This is Gusto. Okay, some of you may not know. Um, it doesn't matter. Gusto, uh, when he was uh, chatting with Remy the mouse or the rat, he said something very profound, and it's right up here on this screen. He says this, If you focus on what you left behind, you will never see what lies ahead. Interesting, right? It's... The whole idea that, you know, we always focus on the normal back then. Oh, it used to be this. It used to be that. It used to be so great. Uh, you, like, uh, let's use a church example. We used to be able to worship together, sing our hearts out, blah, 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 blah. If we focus too much on what is left behind, we lose sight of what the opportunities are given to us. COVID has given us many opportunities to evolve, to be better people to be better human beings, to be more loving, to be more compassionate, to be more compromising and accommodating. Not, not compromising, just accommodating. COVID has taught us, it should have taught us, it should teach us to love better. Uh, for example, our church, sure, we uh, no longer meet 
in person. And you know what? Uh, it's tough singing by yourself while the uh, worship leaders can't hear us. And also, just to see everybody two-dimensional is really tough. However, there was, uh, there's an, uh, I realized, sorry, uh, there, I realized that with, even with these challenges, there are opportunities. And that opportunity was to serve our community. Instead of paying rent for a building that we had to go to to worship, we used that rent money to fund a Meals for Kids program instead. Now, isn't that an opportunity? If we continue to focus on how, when are we going to get back to in-person meetings? When are we going to sing freely again? When are we going to... The, like we, if we keep looking back and trying to figure out how we can get back to that normal church worship service, I believe that we would have lost sight on what God has given us as opportunities to serve the community. And so, thankfully, and I really thank our church, the Crucible Church up there, the folks over there, that we realized that we got to shift gears. We got to say, look, that's not what the church was about in the beginning. The church was to bless people, not to be a cursed geographic uh, stain in the neighborhood, but to bless our neighborhood. And so with that opportunity uh, of not having to pay rent to, uh, to meet together, we use those monies to fund a Meals for Kids program, which is great. And now uh, we hope that we can expand that Meals for Kids program for the, for the remaining 13 schools that are classified as special education schools. Anyway, again, back to this um, about uh, the pandemic, about uh, uh, how to evolve and help people evolve and how to move forward. I think this quote serves as well, is if you focus on what you left behind, you will never see what lies ahead. If we keep on focusing on what was lost due to the uh, COVID pandemic, we will never ever see the opportunities that God has given us through this pandemic. And I hope that that would be encouraging for all of you out there who are listening and, or watching, and uh, that uh, it will encourage you to just look up, look up and look forward to see what opportunities are, lies ahead for you to do to be a blessing to the community instead of looking back on what is lost. That's it for me. I hope that you enjoyed this IMCO. I know that uh, I have now, you, you may have noticed that I have removed the five minute mark because really I can never seem to hit the five minute mark. I seem to go above that. But I hope you enjoyed this IMCO. And again, this is my opinion my own Christian opinion, you can freely disagree with me. And uh, if you do, just give me a ring, give me a chime, put a comment on the uh, comment box or whatever at the bottom, but be nice. And uh, till next time, have a blessed weekend.